The number one question I get from entrepreneurs, professionals, and people who are speakers and consultants is, how do I launch a YouTube channel that's going to be productive? Many people, including some of you who are listening or watching, have dabbled in YouTube and you like seeing yourself on video. In fact, people tell you you look great on video, but you're wondering, how is this ever going to work from a client attraction perspective? Well, today we have with us the person to answer that question and so much more. Nate Woodbury is my guest today, and he's the producer of over 20 YouTube channels. He's achieved a great track record of success, helping speakers and coaches leverage YouTube to generate leads and clients for their businesses. He loves pulling back the curtains on a variety of channels, showing the exact steps you can take to achieve predictable success, and you'll come away with a complete vision for what's possible on YouTube for you to generate leads for your business and an actionable roadmap to get started on YouTube when you speak with Nate. I'm going to talk all about that with him today. If you want to see him in action, go to his YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and punch in his name, Nate Woodbury. Please join me in welcoming to the show, the man, Nate Woodbury. Nate, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Welcome to the show. I want to talk all about YouTube. My my experience with YouTube, it's, you know, Nate, it's a love-hate relationship. I got one of my best clients because they watched every video on my YouTube channel. And then guess what I did? I stopped making YouTube videos. (laughs) So tell us, Nate, what is, how do we make it how do we make it so that we can just run our business? Is there a way to systematize this? Because you gotta, you got first, you gotta think of a topic that people are gonna want to watch, right? Then you gotta think about creating the content. You gotta outline the whole thing. Then you gotta create the content. Then you gotta go and edit the content. And then after you edit the content, you gotta go write a really good description. And even if you do all that right, you could be putting great content out there for nobody to see. So what's the deal, Nate? Give us the magic beans. Yeah, I mean, you, you've touched on a lot of important things. Video itself is, is a lot harder to create than writing an article or creating a banner ad or, or even doing you know, a podcast. With video, you've got to think of a lot more things. And, and then, you could, like you mentioned, you could even have somebody like Steven Spielberg produce your content and so you know that it's going to look and sound amazing or be entertaining or whatnot but if you don't have an audience or you don't have a marketing strategy for somebody to, to find it and watch it you're just going to get crickets so there there's a lot of work and and then you also touched on you know we're, we're all busy we're, we're business owners or we're you know we've got other priorities in our lives and so do i want to put out daily content or how's that even even possible and that that's really what i'm good at and why i thrive in this space because i i love efficiency i figure out ways of doing things efficiently and that get results so it's not just about being productive but about you know taking the steps that will get results and uh and that yeah that's what i've figured out okay so let's let's start from the beginning right now let's say i'm a newbie i don't know anything i got an idea for how this could work for me, how it could work for my business, right? What's the first thing I should do? Let's say, let's just say 
I'm somebody who's good at speaking in front of an audience or I'm polished, I'm a professional, I'm a lawyer, I'm a CPA, I'm a professional, I do presentations all the time, got this great idea. And what do I do after I have the great idea? Yeah. Well, so the strategy that I'm going to share, it works for a lot of business types, but it doesn't work for some business types. So let me clarify that and then I'll also answer your, your question directly. Okay. So the, the type of businesses that it works for are people who, who have expertise and want to share their expertise. So, you know, if you're, if you're an attorney and, and you have uh, the other uh, differentiator is you want to have a global audience because YouTube is global it, or at least nationwide, right? But if you're, if you just have a, have a coffee shop, or, or an accountant that works in just a local area, only looking for, for local clients, YouTube's gonna reach a bit too far for what we're talking about, okay? But uh, going back to the expertise, if you have expertise, how, how do businesses make money from their expertise? Well, they speak about things, or they, they provide coaching to people, or they're a consultant to people or to other businesses, or they write books, or they have courses that they sell, or, or they, they put on events where they train, right? And they, they share their wisdom, their expertise. So that's, that's the type of businesses that I really work well with. And, and you can certainly do that. I mean, a, a dentist that drills teeth, he might want to expand his business. He might, might want to teach people oral hygiene, or he might want to teach other businesses how to grow their business. So there, there's a lot of different ways that we can use this strategy. But now going back to your question, where do you start, right? Well, here's the good news people are searching for your expertise right they're, they're going to google and youtube and they're asking questions that you have the answer for you're the best person to answer that question and so where i start is i do some keyword research now that that's one of those words that kind of puts a weight on my shoulders because i used to do search engine optimization for websites and that that can be a daunting task especially because it's gotten harder and harder. What I'm talking about is really, really simple. There's, there's one tool that I, that I use and it does all the work for me. So I just put in my ideas. I put in my, my topic. Let's say it's productivity. My expertise might be productivity. So I could go into this tool and I type in productivity and, and, and I get the questions that people are asking. So when I know the really specific questions that people are asking, then it sounds like pretty simple. All you have to do is make a video answering that specific question. Now you have a built-in audience. So you have a built-in marketing strategy. You're talking to the people who are looking for your expertise and you just give them value. And so you build a relationship and then you have a call to action at the end of your video. You say, hey, now that you've learned A, B, and C, I have a free gift for you. Go ahead and click the link below. And now they're a lead in your business. So I mean, that the first, the very first step is doing keyword research. And that sounds daunting, but it's actually really simple because it, it, it finds your audience for you. It helps your audience automatically find you and find your content. Okay. So you start with a list of frequently asked questions and you, you go and you check out the frequently asked questions and you see what people are searching for and you answer those. How long do these videos need to be, Nate? Everybody asks me that. And my answer has always been, well, listen, it just needs to be as long as it needs to be for you to answer the question. What, what is there, is there an optimal length for YouTube? I mean, what, 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 it, what difference does it make and how long does it needs to be? Does it need to be? Yeah, I recommend 10 to 12 minutes. 
and, and that's that's going to be your average. Some's gonna, some content's going to be shorter. Some episodes are going to be longer. Shoot for that average. Um, and that that's kind of the sweet spot. YouTube likes to keep people's attention for a long time. The, the longer you stay watching videos on YouTube, the more ads YouTube can show, right? And so, but but there's a limit. There's a limit to how long is, is going to be effective. I've had videos as long as 20 minutes perform well. But when, when you get up to the 30 minute content, hour long content, you might as well break it up into multiple episodes. Because let's say I have 30 minutes of content, but instead you break that up into three 10 minute episodes. You'll get three times as many views. You'll get more ad revenue. You'll get more eyeballs, more clicks, more leads. So 10 to 12 minutes is, is a good sweet spot. Okay. So even though YouTube is prioritizing watch time, there's uh, there's a limit to how long you want the video to be. And is that because people's attention just drops off at a certain point and they're going to, they're going to exit out of the video and go somewhere else? Well, we'll think about it this way. Let's, let's compare Instagram to Netflix. Okay. If, if I go to Netflix, I'm expecting long content, right? Even if I watch a Pixar short or a Disney, you know, five minute little short, I, I'm not going to leave Netflix after that because that was just like an appetizer. I'm ready for the, you know, whether it's a full episode of a show that I like or, or a full length movie, that's what I go to, to Netflix expecting is long content. I don't go there if I've only got five or 10 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. When I'm on Instagram, if there was something that, that popped up that were 10 minutes or certainly if there were something an hour long on Instagram, I don't even know if that's possible no one's going to watch it, right? It's, it's 10 seconds or 30 seconds, maybe a minute or something like that. So each, each platform has its own environment and what people are expecting. It, a, a, another example is, is email. If I send somebody a link to a YouTube video and email saying, Hey, here's today's episode going. They're like, wait a minute, I'm in email, not on YouTube right now. Don't, don't try and get me to leave email. I'm ready to have an email experience. You've got to write stuff, right? So each platform has its own environment. The environment on YouTube is people are expecting to watch episodes in the five to 15 minute range. I mean, different channels have different lengths. If you're in sketch comedy, 10 minutes is going to be pretty long. But if you're in the how-to environment that I am, 10 to 12 minutes is very, very common. If you're in the, the vlogging world, you know, 10 to 12 minutes is very, very common. That's what people expect there. Yeah. Um, talk about the different types of formats, too, because I, I go to YouTube. I'm, I use YouTube for everything from how to fix my garbage disposal, which I did, and all the way through to, you know, I used to watch Casey Neistat every day. I used to watch his, you know, or three times a week, whenever, whenever his vlog. Yeah, we miss that guy. Where's he go? Where's uh, his content? <laughs> he's, he's made, well, he's making money now. That's why he's, you know, he's uh -huh. doing consulting. So, but you know, I, there's, there's other stuff that I watch all the time from teaching my kid, uh, how to do a rear naked choke in jujitsu, which he has to master to, uh, same kid with an algebra problem that I can't remember how to do. I'm looking it up on my phone outside the room before I go in to help him. So YouTube has utility across a whole spectrum of all kinds of stuff. I mean, YouTube has a separate segmented area now for gamers and just watching esports and games. How do I pick a format? What's the, what's the magic to selecting a format? Well, for the audiences that I've described, there's there's really one format, and that's the how-to format, right? You're just you're you're sharing expertise and you're teaching, but I, I do have lots of of colleagues that 
are, are entertainers or or they're kind of like uh, Bill Nye the science guy um, oh and I'm trying to think of the other sorry my analogy got ruined there but uh, like a, a Michael a Eric Dyson or one of these people who's teaching yeah, yeah like somebody is, uh, like MacGyver that's what I'm trying Bill Nye the science guy meets MacGyver there, I mean there's a lot of channels where it's like we're just going to pretend that that we're, we're scientists here blowing things up and having fun or we're going to do sketch comedy or or we're going to be reality TV right and you have your audience, whatever type of content you really feel drawn to create, there's an audience out there to create that. But how are you going to make money with it? A lot of my YouTuber colleagues, they focus 100% on ad revenue. And so if you've got eyeballs watching your content, there are advertisers that want want to be in front of those eyeballs as well. For the type of channels that I produce, we, we like it when we get ad revenue, but that's kind of icing on the cake. Uh, it can be nice. You know, I, my, my biggest client right now, as far as their, their ad revenue, I estimate their ad revenue this month will be 40,000, um, which that's quite significant, right? But her lead revenue is so, so much bigger than that. Um, when, when you can have a, an audience of people who are uh, ideal for your business, that that can be huge. Uh, typically, uh, if you're not making at least 10 times ad revenue or business revenue, you're doing something wrong. But typically, you should be making 100 times. So if you're making $1,000 a month, yeah, you should be making six figures monthly in business revenue because of this amazing audience you've built on YouTube. Is there any any platform that any person or personality where you said, hey, listen, you don't need the ads. Don't don't turn on ads on your channel because you don't need it. You're like like t take uh, Marie Forleo for example. You know with Marie TV, it's huge, and she's you know she's got a huge following. I'm sure she talks about something that she's going to do, and everybody signs up for it. Does she need to do ad revenue, or is there a is there a downside to to turning that on? Do you tell people to leave it off ever? Yeah, that, that's an uh, interesting way that you ask that question because, I mean, the concern will be, do you want other people, do you want their ads showing up next to your videos and kind of distracting them? Well, the reality is you want that partnership with YouTube. If, if YouTube makes money on your videos, YouTube will promote your videos. So the number one goal isn't to get the ad revenue, but you want YouTube's promotion. Um, I have my... my uh, most viewed video has over 6 million views and it's not because it went viral it, it, it's it's a how-to video how-to videos just don't go viral mm. but it paired well with an ad right and so youtube promoted that video and it and over two years it promoted it to the tune of six million views and my ad ads um the the amount that i received from youtube was one hundred and sixty thousand. uh this video was done in partnership with a with a friend of mine he got all the leads. It was a lead generator for his company. And my estimate is that he generated over $3 million at least in sales to all these leads that he generated over those two years. That video would not have had 6 million views if it didn't have ads paired with it. And the, the reality is, is I, I, I pay for, for the YouTube premium where I don't see ads, right? So I never experienced YouTube ads, but I've logged into other accounts that don't have YouTube premium just so I could see what ads are showing up next to this video. And a lot of them are competitors. 
you think about, okay, they're seeing a 30 second video that's obviously a sales pitch. They're there pitching themselves. And then they go and they watch my friend on the same type of content, but it's not a sales pitch. It's a how-to video where they're explaining how you can do it and, and the reasons why, and they're building a relationship. And, and they're, with, they're with my friend for 10 or 12 minutes versus this 30 second ad. There's a relationship built there. Uh, there's, there's a huge difference between a paid lead and, and a lead from, from somebody who's found you on YouTube through your own channel. It's, it's, like, it's like a referral quality. I mean, they've, they've been to your channel, they've watched several videos of yours, then you've given them another free gift, and that's how they've become a lead. Now you're on the phone with them, and they've already got their credit card in hand saying, I don't know what you're selling, but I really want to work with you. What, what programs do you offer? And so, yeah, it's, it's totally worth it. So with your example of, of somebody who's got a real successful brand, a real successful channel, maybe Marie Forleo, it's like, should she be having ads? Well, if she wants more and more views, she wants YouTube to, to get behind her videos and promote them, you, you want that, that partnership. You want that vested interest in each other. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I, I hadn't I hadn't thought of using the partnership analogy. I, I've I've experimented with having ads on, having ads off, and the um, we turned them off for quite a while because you know people were telling me it was distracting. I didn't think of the fact that YouTube is going to consider it itself to be in partnership with me. All right. That's right there, folks. That's your. That's a huge takeaway right there. If you're worried about running ads and you're concerned that, hey, listen, we're going to distract people or we're going to promote our competitors, you're in partnership with YouTube. And being in partnership with YouTube is a good thing because they'll want to promote your content. Yeah, I have another, another side note to that, and this will be a little bit shorter. But um, if, if people are used to seeing ads, right? They're, that's the environment that they go. If they go to Netflix, they know they're not going to have ads. If they go to YouTube, they see ads. And so it's not going to uh, annoy them if ads are shown before or after your videos, right? If it's somebody that's not native to YouTube, right? They found out about you some other way and they come to YouTube because of, of you, then YouTube will reward them. Yeah, they're going to see ads and they might be annoyed by that. But if, if they're annoyed by ads on YouTube, they're not going to be coming back to YouTube. <laughs> Or they can sign up for YouTube Premium like I do. You pay 10 or whatever, 12 bucks yeah. per month, and then you don't see ads anymore. So let's talk about the channel itself then, because your, you know, your channel is as important, my feeling, your channel is as important as your website, your YouTube channel. If you're, in, if you're a consultant or a speaker, an author, a coach, your, cha your YouTube channel is as important as your website. So talk about how we're structuring the channel now. So I'm doing a whole bunch of how-to videos. I put them up there. Can I put cat videos on that channel too, or is that going to be distracting mm -hmm. to people? Yeah, cat videos would be distracting. I mean, the cat videos, your goal is to, to go viral, right? Um, so I, I liked the way you're thinking about your, your YouTube channel is now just as important as your website. So I used to have a web design company, and I used to get websites ranked on the top of Google. But then I discovered that a how-to video on YouTube would get 50 times more views than this entire page that I got ranking number one on, on Google. And so I, I really started to shift my focus. And I, and I learned that a single piece of content can get you traction way faster with way less effort than trying to get my own website to just rank and get traffic on its own. YouTube is already going to bring me the traffic. YouTube is the traffic source. 
And, and you can do that for any medium, right? If you can create a piece of content for Facebook or a piece of content on a podcast, or that the individual piece of content is now what's going to, to get you that, that traffic or those views or those listens. So you just need to have a call to action at the end, right? You're, if you're giving away value, then people are, are gonna love if you give them more value at the end. So you offer them a free gift, whether it's a free plus shipping book or a free mini course or another audio or something like that. And now when, when they go to get that, they go to your website, but it's, it's not just the homepage of your website, it's to a specific landing page, right? There's an opt-in there. Maybe there's a, a video that emphasizes how valuable this gift is or whatever it is. When they put in their name and their email, now they're on a thank you page and that thank you page has a promo video on it that tells them how, how they can work with you or what you offer or, or whatnot. So more than, more than it's, I don't even care about people going to my, my website or my homepage. I mean, it exists, but I, I've created it on ClickFunnels. I used to have a company that designed WordPress websites. I got rid of it. Now everything is in ClickFunnels. It's all about the, the conversion. And I, and I don't do SEO for my website anymore. I don't care if it ranks on Google because I can get, if I make a video, put it on YouTube, uh, you, Google will index that individual video. So I'm all over the place on Google. I, I just, I like to build a relationship first. Then they go to my website. They're a lead. They're extremely valuable leads. That's how I do it. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. And I found, I found the same thing. Talk to me a little bit about the getting caught up in the keywords versus the quality of the content. Right. I know a lot of people who are trying to they're look, I think they're I think they're doing they're they're doing it backwards. You you have a breadth of knowledge, meaning you, the listener, you have a breadth of knowledge across your entire area that you work in. So if you're a breeder of potbelly pigs, you know everything there is to know A to Z about potbelly pigs. Right. And you can take people from beginning to end of the potbelly pig breeding uh, story. But then you get into doing keyword research and the keyword that comes up the best is lipstick on a potbelly pig. So you're like, oh my gosh, now I got to figure out how to make a video on lipstick on a potbelly pig. And you go down this death spiral, right? And you start making videos to suit the keywords rather than to suit the audience. Talk about that, Nate. How do people, so I get the frequently asked questions. But there is somebody that's going to drop what they're doing and make 10 videos on frequently asked questions because they heard us talking today or they watched the video of us talking and they're not going to get any traction because they didn't use the right keywords. Then the opposite's going to happen. Somebody's going to do all kinds of keyword research. They're going to make videos to suit those keywords and they're going to get 10 seconds of people watching and those people are going to bail because they don't want to put lipstick on their pig. Yeah, that's, that's just an expression. Talk about the balance between getting great content and making sure the content is seen and using keywords to do that. All right, so the, the magic tool that I use is actually called the Keyword Magic Tool. It's by a company called SEMrush. SEMrush has been around decades. I used to use them for website SEO. With this one tool, if you typed in Potbelly Pig and you hit the questions button, it's more than just frequently asked questions because I love to turn on a filter that looks for really long phrases. So the filters, uh, I say, I want at least eight word questions, right? 
And so a question might be, and obviously I'm going to be making these up, but it might be how to breed the West Nile potbelly pig. I don't know. Or, or how, to, how to breed small potbelly pigs quickly. Okay, so they're going to be specific questions. So you, you, you're going to find, you know, put lipstick on a pig or, or whatever, but, but there's, there's, you're going to find thousands of, of results and you just comb through and you pick the ones that are your target audience. So that part actually is, is quite easy, right? You just, what are the questions that really apply to my expertise and to my business? And, and you go and you make videos on those questions. The part that really holds people back is production quality. <laughs> people are worried like, all right, yeah, I've got all this expertise, but I want to look good on camera. I want to look professional. I've got to invest in all this gear. I've got to, I, I need lighting, right? I've got it. And the thing that, that people are worried about is, is they, they, we all look ugly in the beginning. Okay. You've got to start somewhere. A friend of mine, Chris uh, Krimitzos, he wrote the book, Start Ugly. Highly recommend uh, that, that principle. You, you've got a camera right now in your pocket or on the desk in front of you or in your purse. That camera is all you need to get started, right? And face a window so you've got light coming on you instead of aiming from behind you. But face, face a window, steady your, your phone, right? maybe put on a tripod or prop it upright. And if you're close enough to your phone, your audio is going to be, be good. If you're far away, you'll need a lav mic or something like that. But then hit record and answer the question. You don't need to sound like a professional speaker up on stage. In fact, you don't want to sound like that because only one person is going to be watching your video at a time. So pretend that you're on a FaceTime call or pretend you're on a Zoom call. Somebody just asked you that question about how to breed the West Nile pig, right? And you're answering the question. Well, first, this is what you do. And then um, hold up a pig. Show them. Well, here's the little pig parts. I don't know. And, and so <laughs> that's going to be a funny episode. Maybe, maybe not child friendly, but, um, you know, that, that what holds people back is people's fear that it's going to look awful. Well, if you take somebody like Casey Neistat or Marie Forleo and you look back at their videos in the beginning, they, they weren't as polished as they are when they make videos today. And just know that that's, that's going to be the same thing for you. Expect to start ugly. But the, the, the amazing thing is if you do that step of keyword research first, you'll automatically build an audience. You post your video to YouTube. And if you want to know more about that strategy and how to use that tool, I demonstrate it on my own YouTube channel. So watch, watch those videos, learn how to do that keyword research step. It's easier than you think. And then you, you put your video on YouTube, you'll get views instantly. It might not be thousands of views, but all you need is tens of views. These are your, these are your people. These are your potential clients. And they'll 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 come back and they'll watch more. They'll become leads on your channel. I've got I've got a client who let's see when we talked to numbers, his channel his his videos were averaging I would say about 80 views per video in the first week. That's not a very big number. 80 views per video in the first week. His his business was generating $150,000 per week from YouTube. Okay, so this this is possible. Yeah, on YouTube. This is just wow. organic traffic, no paid traffic to these videos. Yeah. 80 views on average per video and he was, he was making 150,000 per week. Wow. That's tremendous. That's terrific. I you know, the story that I tell people all the time is I I had done so between I want to say between 2008 and 2012, 
I had done 300 some odd videos strictly for lawyers and law firms. At the time, I was working almost exclusively with lawyers and law firms. And the videos looked like crap. They looked terrible. Like I had, toward the end, I had a backdrop, but it was nowhere near as nice as the backdrop that I use now. Um, It was me sitting on a couch. I was dressed up, but like sitting on a chair, whatever. And I would do a how-to video, maybe 10 minutes long. I would do them and I would put them, I was using a flip cam at first, you know, and I, and there was no, the sound quality was terrible. It was me screaming across the room so you could hear me. Well, what ended up happening years later, so from 2008 through 2012, people would watch the videos, but mostly when they went to my website and I liked doing them. It was okay. My editing process was, there was no editing. I would plug the thing in. If I made a mistake, I would just start over and, you know, there, there was no editing. So... In 2017, I got a call out of the blue from a law, a guy who uh, was a, the HR and learning and development head for a good-sized law firm. He said, I just watched all your YouTube videos, and I want you to talk to our managing shareholder about building a, a business development university for, for my law firm. This is like four years after I had stopped doing daily videos. I would throw one up occasionally, but I had stopped doing them. This guy watched every single one of my videos. It was the easiest sale I had ever closed because they felt like they already knew me, right? I didn't do any, there was no optimization on those videos. There was, there was, no, there was no magic. Sometimes I barely wrote a description and, and people came across them. So fast forward to today, times have changed in that YouTube is so much more sophisticated you still, you, you need to do descriptions. You need to make sure your keywords are good, but, and you can help us with this. YouTube is going to figure out what the content is, not just from the title and the description, but also the, their AI can go through the video, right? And translate and figure out what the context of the video is. You have more, my point is you have more competition, but that's good because people will watch other videos and point to your video in the process. Talk about how things are different today and tell people how much content they need to make. Do we need to do every day? Uh, you know, does, does this, has the process changed for, oh, oh, since the last, since, you know, six, seven years ago? Well, I love your, your story. It, it illustrates one huge advantage of YouTube and that's creating content that lasts for years and years and years. Um, you know, you put out a video today, it gets results in the first week. It gets, you know, a few months later, wow, it's, it's still getting results. A couple of years later, wow, it's getting better results than it did in the beginning. And so that's, that's going to be huge for you. YouTube is becoming more and more competitive, right? There, there's more and more content out there, but a lot of it is meant for entertainment. A lot of it is creative in hopes that it will go viral. When you, when you do the keyword research first, you can't do it after. Let, let me give you a real example. So my friend Doreen, she's a nutritionist. She makes videos on, on nutrition and natural remedies. And we had a conversation one time. She says, well, I've got a really good sore throat remedy. If we would have just pulled out the camera and she would have taught this sore throat remedy, the content would have been valuable, right? Um, but we did keyword research first and we found the phrase, how to get rid of strep throat without antibiotics. So a nine word long phrase, that's really, really specific. Right. So then I gave her this title and said, okay, this is the title of your sore throat remedy video. You're gonna need to modify your content a bit so you answer this specific question. So she did, she starts out and she says, all right, in this video, we're gonna talk about how to get rid of strep throat without antibiotics. This is a 10 minute episode. 
when when you put that video on YouTube, now there's a very, very specific audience, the people who have strep throat, right, that are searching for this remedy, that, that's how they're gonna find your content. And you're right, YouTube has uh, the technology that goes and combs through your content, and so it knows what your video is about. It transcribes every word that you say in your video. So you don't even need to put in words in the keyword tag. You can leave that blank, to be honest. Okay, oh, you wow. can leave it blank. YouTube's admitted it so, because it transcribes your video. But if you do your keyword research first, and you know that your video is on the topic of how to get rid of strep throat without antibiotics, guess what? You're gonna talk about it and you're gonna say everything that you need to say right in order for that video to rank. So it's not so much that you have to put in tags or do that optimization correctly, You've just got to find what are the what's the actual way that people are searching on Google or YouTube, right? You find the question that people are asking, and, and the more the longer you make it, the more specific it is, and the less competition you have. Okay, so if you find a nine-word phrase like that, and then you you record your video, the work is done. The SEO work is done. You put that video on YouTube; it's automatically transcribed. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, another way to answer your question of, of what has changed, you know, what's different about YouTube now, you know, thumbnail design. Thumbnail design has become more and more competitive, more and more important. People are putting more attention into that and whatever gets people's attention, whatever creates people's curiosity the, the most, those are the videos that gets clicked on. So do your keyword research, find these questions. Now you know what to make your videos about. Then when you upload it to YouTube before making it go live to the public, you need to design a custom thumbnail that will create some curiosity. Have, you know, if they can see the whites of your eyes, that tends to work better. If you can have a surprise, you know, if, if you look bored in the video, people are like, oh, I don't want to watch a boring video. But if you look excited about something like, oh, what's he excited about? They'll, they'll click on it. So when it comes to thumbnails, if you're if you're a do-it-yourselfer, where, where do the do-it-yourselfers go? right? Uh, you don't have a degree in graphic design. Like I see some of these thumbnails. Uh, well, there's two, there's two, there's two spectrum, two, two ends of the spectrum, right? On one end of the spectrum is like the Joe Rogan thumbnail, which is episode number 1,462. And it's Joe and a guy sitting in front of microphones. They're going to click on that because they like Joe Rogan. So it doesn't matter what the thumbnail is. Then you got Average Dave, right? Average Dave does a video, and Average Dave needs to look like he's spinning plates on his head in order to get people to click on the thumbnail. So given that nobody has a graphic design degree, how do we create a thumbnail that, that people are going to want to click on? All right. So Canva.com, that's a free tool. That's the tool that I recommend that you use. If you don't have Photoshop, go to canva.com and you can type in YouTube thumbnail, right? And it will bring up templates. So you'll have the right dimensions and everything you need. It will help you make it look good text-wise, color-wise, background-wise. Um, and what I recommend you import into Canva is, is a, a, green, a good screenshot of, of some moment in your video that is exciting or kind of, ooh, like what's, what's Dave doing right there? Let's say you are making the, the potbelly pig breeding video, right? If if just some random moment of the video, like YouTube will pick a moment, right? If they just pick it for you, it might show you walking towards a barn and you're like, okay, there's, there's Dave walking towards a barn. But if you're holding up a pig and you've got this like frightened look on your face, like, oh no, what's gonna happen? You know, use that as the thumbnail. It's, it's obviously gonna create more curiosity. So just think like visually, 
what what are gonna what are people gonna want to see mm-hmm. that will kind of make them think, ooh, I want to see that. That's all you have to do. Just take your best guess on what what will create that curiosity. Import it into Canvas so you get the right dimensions, and then when you're uploading your video to YouTube, there's a, a little place where you can click and upload your custom thumbnail. Um, now, in the, the YouTube analytics, after your video has gone live, you can go and look at all your episodes and you can look at stats. YouTube provides you so much data. They, they really do want us to succeed. They, they let us know everything. And you can look at, okay, video one, that, that thumbnail has a 2% click-through rate. Oh, look, video two, this one has an 8% click-through rate. And you can look at the two and say, and notice like, okay, I can, I can understand why this one had a better click-through rate. Right, and, and over time, you'll, so the moral of the story is take your best guess and over time you'll learn what makes a better click through. And sometimes, even, you know, I've been doing this for years. Uh, sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I guess like, oh, you know, this one's gonna be really good and it flops. But, but over time you kind of learn what creates more curiosity than other things. Nate, talk about a niche market versus broad. Right. So there's let's take Mm -hmm. fitness. You could be uh, you could be a trainer and you could do a fitness workout, your daily fitness workout with Dave. Right. Or you could be a fitness trainer for uh, firefighters and you're the guy who who teaches firefighters how how to have more endurance and how to have more energy so that when they're you know, when their shift is over, they can still come home and be present for their family. Obviously, you know, the, the fitness trainer for firefighters is a very specific, narrow niche market. Which is, which is better for YouTube? Which is better for attracting, forget about total views, right? We already debunked that. You need, you, know, you need, if you only get 10 people who watch your video, but those 10 people spend money with you, your video is better than 100 views where nobody spends money. So which is gonna enga- be more engaging? Should you target it as narrow a niche as possible or as broad better? Well, that, that's a, a fun example to think about. So if you've got a fitness channel, um, you've got a lot of competition. But if you're a fitness channel for firefighters, right, you know your audience. I'm assuming that you'd probably be a firefighter yourself or, or you know, the spouse of a firefighter maybe or something like that. And right. And so you've you've you're going to have a much easier time building a base of subscribers when you have a specific audience it seems that it's going to be a lot easier to monetize that as well because you've got if you've got a fitness program that's directed to firefighters you've got an audience that's going to be more loyal to you and of course they're going to buy your program versus the next program now oftentimes if you have a niche like if if your business is a really really narrow niche but it's a high revenue niche like you you're you sell things that are ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars you don't need a whole lot of views to make a lot of revenue, right? If, if you can make, you know, 10,000 or $100,000 from, from one client or one transaction, then you get 10 views on a video from the right audience. That's a pretty big deal. You know, you get 100 views and even just 1% of those become a client. I mean, that, that, that makes your business. Versus if you go totally broad if you can serve and help everybody you're here to provide fitness whether you're old or young whether you're male or female whether you're a firefighter or whether you're a hairstylist you know it's like you're for everybody which kind of means your channel doesn't specifically apply to anybody okay so we've learned those those principles now 
everyone listening probably already has an idea for their business, whether it's niche or whether it's broad. The, the question is, have, is your business monetized yet? Are you making revenue in your, in your business? Uh, let, let me give you an example of somebody who, who has three different niches. Okay, he's, he's a positivity psychologist. He also talks a lot about parenting and he talks a lot to relationships and strengthening uh, your marriage relationship, right? So it's like, should we make three different niche channels? Well, a YouTube channel is a lot of work. It's a whole lot of work to create one YouTube channel. So what I want, Paul, Paul Jenkins is his name, would I want Paul to create three different YouTube channels? No, not at all. I actually encouraged him and we've created one YouTube channel, but every video we make is extremely niche. So it's not just, hey, this is Paul, we're talking about relationships and parenting and positivity. No, he makes one video, how to get your kid to listen without yelling. Or how, how to strengthen a relationship when trust is broken because of betrayal. Now that was, that was I'm just making these up, but sure. you know, something specific like that. And you know, the, the calls to action at the end of both those videos are gonna be different, right? A parenting video is gonna go to a parenting landing page or a parenting free gift a relationships video the same, right? It's going to be real specific. So every video you want to be ultra, ultra specific and ultra niche because you're talking to one specific audience and, th and then they're going to take action on that, that call to action. But your channel, if your channel is your name, right? in the case of my example with Paul, the, if, the, if the channel were his name, which it's actually not, which I am encouraging him to, to modify that, he can, he can then talk about many different things, right? He can talk about positivity or he can talk about relationships or parenting. So, you know, every, every person's kind of a case by case scenario. Hopefully there were some answers in there that, uh, that apply to you as the listener. No, that's great. No, I, I, think, I think that's a ton of value. Thank you. Talk to me about um, other utility for YouTube. So there are a lot of people who are doing this, who are doing podcasts now. And one of the things that you're hearing the... The people who the people who have huge podcasts who are doing interviews say is, hey, you got to put your put your podcast on YouTube, put your podcast on YouTube. People are going to discover it that way. So, OK, let's say you got an interview show and the interview and, you know, like now I'm interviewing you and we're talking about videos for lead generation or videos uh, for conversion. And then uh, later, in fact, earlier today, I interviewed a guy about entrepreneurial startups, right? So those, your, those interviews could run side by side. They could run one day after the other. I'm putting it up on YouTube. Is there any value to that? I mean, other than people who just like to listen to, to you know, to interviews. I mean, am I doing, am I doing myself a disservice? Is my audience pr person who's out there doing a podcast interviewing every breed of dog, cat, sheep, goat, in the business world under the sun, are they doing themselves a disservice by putting those interviews on YouTube because they don't have a common theme? Well, you know, every, every platform has a unique environment like we talked about. So there's a specific type and length of content they're looking for, but every, every platform has a unique formula to succeed as well. So the, the concept of repurposing content that's a, that's a pretty sound concept, right? If, especially from video, if you're going to go to all the trouble to make video, cause you got to look great, sound great, uh, and you know, worry about the, the equipment and everything. And then the editing afterwards, there's a lot of work going into that. It makes sense if you can find a way to repurpose that and put it on other platforms, or if you're recording a podcast, if you could also record the video, 
now you've got content, you might as well leverage YouTube, right? So the, the disadvantage of repurposing content is you're putting content on a platform that it really wasn't intended for, or at least that's the, the challenge that you want to overcome. So if, if we're recording a podcast, um, but visually it's not that entertaining to look at people sitting at a desk, right? Um, that, that is going to be a challenge that you want to overcome. Versus there's a, there's a podcast, Ed Milet, Max Out is his brand, so Max Out with Ed Milet. He's got a, a very high performing, uh, very successful business uh, podcast, and it, it succeeds really well on his YouTube channel. What he does though, is when he, when he records his podcast, he's got people in his home, you know, at, at Laguna Beach, California, beautiful setting, it's a three camera shoot. So he's interviewing them in person, and with the pandemic, there's, there's been some changes, but let's talk outside of that, right? They're in person, there's a three camera shoot so that it, it's got a wide shot showing both of them. It's got one camera on one person, one camera on the other, and it can, and they're talking to each other, and Ed will look at the camera and talk to the, the camera. So it's, it looks like this is meant for video, right? And, and uh, you know, so he puts it on YouTube. Um, then obviously the audio is great too. So it works great on a podcast. What, what about LinkedIn? Can I take this same video and can I put that on LinkedIn? Well, LinkedIn has a formula. You know, they have a social selling index. LinkedIn will tell you five different scores in five different areas. So it's like, all right, well, if I keep posting these videos to LinkedIn, am I covering all those areas? Well, no, because I'm not commenting on other people's posts. I'm not posting any articles. Uh, do I have people endorsing me? Am I endorsing other people? So re repurposing content can be great, but you have to make sure that you're following all the ingredients of the platform. So if you've got a podcast and you want to put that on YouTube, it's not necessarily going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt your podcast, but are you going to really succeed on YouTube? Well, you have to make sure you're following all the ingredients to succeed on YouTube. Same with, with LinkedIn. Well, okay, on LinkedIn, I've got to make sure I'm following all the ingredients if I really want to succeed there. So you can't just take content and spam it out to every platform and expect to succeed on every platform. Yeah, I love it. All right, very well said. So Nate, talk to me now about how people work with you right? So you have a successful uh, consultant, a successful speaker, a successful coach, they come to you and they're like, Nate, I want to be a YouTube star. But more importantly, I want to learn how to get business by using YouTube. So what, what, are, what are the ways people work with you? How does it work? Yeah, so I have a done for you service. Um, I have a, a, a large studio house in Utah and people fly in and will film 20 episodes a day. Um, they prepare their content, but we've helped them with their keyword research. We help them with their, their strategy. We do the filming, we do the editing, thumbnail design and launch. So that, that's one way that we help people is a complete done for you service. We basically hold their hand to make sure that they get the results. Um, and the other side of it is we have, we have a course. We have a course and, and training program that we put people through. It's got 10 modules that goes over 10 weeks. And, and so we, we help people that way. So the, the 20 videos, people fly to your place, they, they shoot 20 videos. How is that one video a week? Or is that like a, you know, is that like a month's worth of videos? How, how long does that last? What do you recommend? That, that's a really good question. So you can get results with the strategy that I teach just posting one video per week, but the results will be slow and gradual. And, and depending on where you're at in your business, that might be appropriate. Um, my clients experience exponential growth. The first four months are really boring 
right? It, you're, for all the work we're putting into it, it doesn't seem like it's translating. But once you get to that four month mark, you start to get YouTube's promotion and you start to see exponential growth. Um, and we, we launch five episodes a week. So it's really aggressive, but we get really aggressive results. So when we film 20 episodes, that's a lot. That's a marathon filming day, 20 episodes in a day. But the reason we do that is we're launching so much content. So that lasts you four weeks. So my clients, you know, even even I'm in Utah. So even clients on the East Coast, they'll fly out to Utah every four weeks, even during the pandemic, because we're getting them such great results. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. And talk about, um, you know, obviously you there's a you you condition people before before they get ready to buy. But talk about return on investment from something like this, because there's there's time that people have to invest. And then there's also money that people have to invest. What does the return yeah. on investment look like? Yeah, for my for my done for you service, uh, the, the clients that are best positioned they're they've reached the seven figure mark in their business. So they they know how to take traffic, they know how to take leads and convert them into sales and they know how to fulfill on those clients and they and they're doing it at a at a, you know, a decent level seven figure level in their business. When they hire me um, within a year or 18 months within that range, uh, I'm I'm confident that I can help them generate an additional seven figures or more in their business. So wow, that, that's, that's the type that's of, of tremendous. Return. That's amazing. Yeah. So you, you need momentum to get there. But but obviously we have a, a, a big track record of success and a, and a big target that we're shooting for. Um, if you're not to that point yet, then I, I, you still want to get started right away. Even if you're just posting one episode a week and start building that momentum. You know, if you've got a thousand dollar course, right? Just think you get 100 views on your video uh, that are all your target audience having having one person come and buy your thousand dollar course yeah that 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 makes all the effort it took to to do that video right worth it sure no it's phenomenal that's that's amazing all right so tell us how your tell us how your lead funnel works what is the what is the gateway into uh into be a hero studios or be the hero sorry be the hero studios.com yeah. so if you if you want by the way if you want to see how nate works and what nate does go to his youtube channel it's nate woodbury on youtube just drop nate woodbury's name into the search bar he's also got a great website you can go to very well done be the hero studios.com Nate, what is your, so t t take us through your funnel. What's the gateway into, into Nate Woodbury's world? Yeah, so I mean, you, you mentioned it and I'll tell you a little bit behind the scenes. So I, I have a lot of employees in the Philippines and some of the videos on my YouTube channel, I, I talk about why I hire people in the Philippines. Well, those videos took off and have gotten millions of views and they're the ones that are the most popular. But yet that's not really it. Uh, there's there's a lot of Americans that watch those videos, but there's a lot of Filipinos that watch those videos. And hey, thanks for promoting us. You know, thank. And so that's not really my my uh, the, the ideal client, right? The people that are looking to hire me to produce their YouTube channels. So what I've been doing now on my own YouTube channel is, is putting a lot of, of how to content out there around YouTube and around videos, just kind of restructuring and not talking about the Philippines anymore. And, and, you know, for the next, the next probably three or four months, if you look at my, the Nate Woodbury channel, cause I produce about 20 of them right now, but you'll see that some of these videos are only getting, you know, 50 views or a hundred views, or, or some of them are getting up to a thousand, but they're, they're kind of in the lower number, but I'm, I'm really going back to the drawing board with my own channel. 
Um, the, the, the leads that I get, I've got an assistant. And so I, I speak to a lot of groups on YouTube. I, I kind of pull back the curtains and, and show a lot of the same stuff that we shared here, but just in, in kind of with a, a fine tooth comb. And, and really they, they talk to my assistant and when my assistant says, yep, they're, they're ready, they're qualified, then they send them over to me. So I've, you know, I've got a kind of a filtering system to make sure that I'm talking to the right, the right people. But the, the best way to learn this stuff and to start to apply it right now is just to go to go to my YouTube channel, find the video that, that really applies to your situation and, and watch it and you can apply it right from there. Okay, before we go, give us, uh, give us a, a couple of minutes on huge mistakes that people should not make, right? Like buying views, right? Bad, you don't wanna do that. Using somebody else's music or content, bad, definitely don't do that. Give us, give us the five or seven things to avoid at all costs. Don't kill your YouTube channel by doing this. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I love that. So, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned some good ones. You don't, you don't need to, to steal other people's content or really you want to just be authentic. So if you're, if you're not authentic and you're, you're too showy or you're too salesy, like, like that's a big one. Don't don't make a promo video and put it on your YouTube channel and expect to get a whole bunch of subscribers because you're selling to them. Um, it's better to just be authentic and, and also don't, don't go out and spend a whole bunch of money on a fancy camera thinking that, Ooh, I've got the gear. I'm going to get the subscribers. You know, it, it, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. You've got an amazing camera on your phone. So just film yourself with that and put that out there and and it's okay to be ugly it's okay to like be you know a year from now you're going to look back and this is content you're going to be embarrassed about um really if i were to narrow it down what's the biggest mistake is worrying about perfection people worry that ooh, it's not good enough yet i don't want to put this out there and then a year goes by and they don't have any videos out there and they don't have any business or customers or an audience so you just got to get started. You got to get started. Even if like, even if you've heard something from me today, it's like, oh, I want to do it Nate's way. I can't start now because I got to learn to do it Nate's way. Ugh, that's, that's not the point of my message. The message is, yeah, there is a right way. But if you, even if you do it the wrong way, let me, let me finish with, with one story, John Cristani. Um, he, he's got a very successful YouTube channel now, um, but it wasn't always that way. He is an expert at affiliate marketing and he's an expert of using paid traffic to sell all these affiliate offers that he has. Well, he wanted to be a YouTuber, and so he used paid traffic to build his YouTube channel, and he grew it to 65,000 subscribers. The problem was there was no engagement, right? No likes or comments. There was no lead generation on his YouTube channel, and there was, there was not even any ad revenue. All this traffic coming to his channel didn't even result in, in any ad revenue, and then I met him at the end of 2018 um, and he learned about my strategy. So he hired me to produce his channel for all of, of 2019. We did the keyword research first. We didn't do any sales pitches. We just did how-to content that, that taught all of his, his strategies. We had the right calls to action at the end. And a year later, he'd grown his channel to, to 250,000 subscribers. But more important than the number is there was a lot of engagement. There was very significant ad revenue there was tons of, of lead generation um and then and then at the end you know for for 2020 he took the channel back now that he learned how to do it the right way and and he'd produce that so i mean there's kind of a lot of like 
what not to do in there like paid traffic isn't going to do it he he spent a lot of money to get to get his channel up to that point and it just it just didn't it didn't work so yeah. hopefully that that answered your question in a fun way no that was great thank you so much so folks today we've been talking with nate woodbury he's the guy you need to call if you want to establish and grow your youtube channel and here's the thing Put your ego in your pocket and use YouTube as a lead generation strategy. Nate gave you almost 45 minutes, 50 minutes of great ways to use YouTube as a lead generation strategy. Reach out to him, go to his YouTube channel and watch every single video, Nate Woodbury on YouTube, and then go to Be The Hero Studios, bethehero-studios.com. All this information is in the show notes. Nate is the guy you need to see to grow your channel. Nate, thanks for being with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Folks, until tomorrow, if you want the inside business strategy, you want the insider business secrets, you want to cut through all the inside BS, you've got to join us. We're here every day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.